welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. I love talking to you about being a dad. It is such an important part of my life. I know it's an important part of your life as well. And and we learn so much from each other. And that's why this show is here. It's here to be able to allow for you to meet, learn, grow from other dads and other individuals that can help you be that more engaged father, that better father. And today we're going to be having another great conversation. Ferran Dozier is here today, and we got introduced just a little bit back. And I am really excited to be able to share some of his own experiences being a father, but also talking to him about a journey that he had to go through to be a better father himself. But first and foremost, welcome, Ferran. Nice to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am really excited to be able to have you here today. And we always start these interviews with an opportunity to delve a little bit deeper into you as a dad. So your girls are what I call grown and flown. <laughs> they're in their 20s. They're out of the house. And, you know, and it's a different point in time for you. But we're going to turn the clock back in time right now. And I want you to go back to that first moment, that first moment when you found out that you were going to be a dad to a daughter Tell me about that. Oh, my gosh. So I was 23 when she was born in February. So when she was conceived, I was 22. (laughs) And I was freshly in the military. And I thought I knew what I was up to in life, but I actually didn't really. When I look back, I didn't really understand what was going on. But I was definitely shocked because it wasn't planned, if that's a safe thing to say. And yeah, I was just shocked. <laughs> I think that definitely happens at times when you you go through that that period of time where you're just like, oh my gosh, what does this now mean? And now I'm going to be a father. And what does that mean? And it, when it's new, it's really new. And then when you hold that child for the first time, sometimes it's it's kind of scary because there is no manual out there for what it means to be a dad. You have to kind of learn and grow and, and be able to kind of learn along the way. Now, you have three daughters, and as a part of raising your daughters, I'm sure you've had some really remarkable, memorable experiences. So talk to me a little bit about what's been the most memorable experiences that you've been able to share with them. You know, it was challenging in the beginning, if I could go there. And why I say it was shocking initially, because um, at the age I was, I was separated from my wife and we had no plans to get back together. So the girl that I was seeing happened to get pregnant. And so I had to go back to my wife that I was separated from to tell her what was going to be happening. <laughs> so to have the courage to figure that out in my life at the time, you know, I was upfront and honest with that situation. And so somehow in between having my oldest daughter coming along and then having my soon to be divorced wife getting that information, uh, there was an eight month span and well, life happens and I have another daughter. So I have two daughters that are actually eight months apart. And so when you ask me, that's where I was shocked because they're not by the same mother and they are, like I said, months apart. And again, I was young, so I didn't really understand the consequences or even the effects 
of what that was going to look like to having two children at such a young age. And so the most memorable moments, um, you know, was, of course, that delivery for both of those and then just attempting to engage them together so that they would have a relationship as as sisters. So my, my journey is, has it's been even hard for me to adjust and accept because how young I was and to be not embarrassed of the stigmas of having two kids by two different women. So let's delve a little deeper into that because <laughs> I think that there's other fathers that have had that experience, but there's dads that haven't as well. But in talking about that, and the fact that you said, you know, you, you were a bit embarrassed. You didn't know how you were going to be able to allow for these girls in your life that came into your life, you, how you'd be able to create that relationship. Talk to me about what you had to do to not only, I'm going to say, heal yourself to a point where you've been able to accept that and not be embarrassed by it, to also what you had to do to be able to build those relationships between the first those two and then your third daughter too and bringing her into the mix. Yeah, so I'm 51 now, so we're talking about when I was 22, right? So I can better articulate it looking back. And one of the things that I discovered in my own healing process of that acceptance was initially I thought that for a woman to accept me was I had to have sex. Right. Sex was part of the acceptance. And so, again, having those two daughters come into my life at those close ages, I really didn't know how to share that openly. So I, I, I didn't talk about my children to people because I didn't know how to s- explain myself. And the biggest thing that really messed me up, if I could use that description, was one day me and my friend was at, at dinner and we were at a restaurant eating and there were two ladies in the corner talking and the, I, I overheard the girl say, girl, I won't date no guy with no kids and no, no girl, no kids, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there eating, eating. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have two kids, two different women. I'm 23 years old. Like I'm really not going to be accepted. Like no woman's going to want me. And so In that moment, I tried to figure out how am I going to survive? Like, how am I going to get this? So in my mind, I made up the fact that, well, if I meet a woman that wanted to know if I had kids, I would tell her or I wouldn't say anything because I want her to accept me because those are my kids. They're not her kids. So she shouldn't have to worry about that. And so I made it make sense in my own mind. But what I turned into was I turned into a liar because I didn't have the courage at times when a woman approached me and said, hey, you have any kids? And if I was embarrassed or ashamed, I would say no. And then if a girl asked me, do I have any kids? And I was a little confident, I would say, yeah, I have one. And if I was really feeling myself that day with full of courage, I would say, yeah, I have two. But the first two answers were I was holding my breath because I knew I was not telling the truth, but I wanted them to accept me for myself first. And obviously, that doesn't really work out uh, in the real world. No, it doesn't. Now, for that learning that you had to go through, and I know looking back, it's probably a lot easier being able to do that. Mm -hmm. But earlier you said you also had to do some things to be able to bring your daughters together. And I'm sure if you're having challenges trying to 
reconcile the fact that you have two children with two different women, that being able to be that dad that they need to be able to bring them together is going to be difficult too. So what did you have to do to be able to be that present, engaged dad for both of your daughters before your third daughter came into the picture to be able to bring them together so that they did see each other as sisters? Yeah, so I made my attempts to have them together. There was a time that they both have different views of me. So you could tell that if I had them together, one would want my attention more than the other one. And so I noticed that, but I still would pick them up together and, like I said, let them play together just so I could, they could know that they're sisters. So it was, it was difficult because I, then I had to like do that on my own because people, again, people around me didn't know my child status. So I, ha- I was like secretly doing this or I would take them around my family and, you know, my grandparents and, and my aunts and uncles to, to spend time with. But outside of that close relationship with my family, a lot of people didn't know if I had kids or not. So it wasn't public. So one of the things that I love to ask individuals, and it it sounds like some of the things that you've already said may really be here, but as you look at raising your daughters, and I'm going to say all three of your daughters, what's been the hardest part then for you as a father to be able to raise daughters in society today? I had to learn late on that my concerns for their life wasn't the same concerns that they have for their own life. And so as parents, as you know, as fathers, we want to make sure that we protect our children and we want to make sure that they're safe and all these survivals, things that we want to uh, keep them from. And they have their own things that they are concerned about in life. And so sometimes when I was trying to force my concerns on them, what, what I was worried about, it came back like, you don't listen to me. You're not around you're rebe- like it's like rebellion. And so I didn't know that was the dynamic. So I was actually pushing them away more than I was getting connected to them. That is hard because a lot of times men are such solvers that we try and go into conversations with our girls or our, or with women in our life. And as they're talking to us, they aren't wanting us to solve. They want us to listen and they want us to just hear what they're saying. But a lot of times we jump back in and we try to solve the issue and or we're listening, sort of. And instead, in the, our minds, we're like, but if I did, if I said this or if I did this, I could help her solve this issue. Have you had that situation in that same um, scenario? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and as a result of that, me not being able to pay attention and me kind of forcing my agenda, there were times that when I wanted to get them all together and one would not be able to show up, I would cancel the whole plan, not realizing that I could still be there for them individually because I was still trying to be that father that, hey, make sure that you you all have a relationship. And it actually, again, didn't work because each one of them needed something different from me. And I I wasn't aware of that at all. That's definitely something you have to learn along the way is that (laughs) when you have multiple kids, each child is so different than one another. And so many times you have to really delve deep into understanding who they are to be able to give them what they need to be able to be who they are. And that giving away is not always an easy thing to do, but it is so important to affirm their self-worth and their self-esteem 
especially in raising daughters, in my own experience. So now as you look back, your daughters are in their 20s right now. Yes. And as you either look back or look forward in their lives, what are your biggest fears in raising daughters today? My biggest fear today when I look back or even currently, my oldest daughter has a wife. And so when she had that conversation with me, I wasn't surprised because I was aware of kind of, you know, the kind of the behavior and and not a lot of boys around, you know, and things like that. And then so when she addressed that with me, I told her, hey, I love you. You're my daughter. I said, but what you have to be okay with is what society has to say about that. And And if you're okay with that, I'm okay with that. I may not like it or agree with it, but I will support you. Um, in your relationship because I'm your father and I love you. I said, but you have to be aware of what this generation and society has to say about, you know, having a a relationship like that. My middle daughter, she is probably the biggest diva of them all. (laughs) And that relationship was the one that took the most work to reconcile. And I'm glad that I was able to, again, put my concerns aside with her and actually listen to her and let her express herself of how she was feeling all those years. And my youngest daughter, uh, Deja, I was glad that I was there with her from when she was born to make the best corrections that I could. And then when I got some development skills, I added those to nurture her to make sure that she dealt with her silent traumas as well. I want to talk a little bit about traumas and having to kind of learn and grow from your past because... You know, you talked earlier about being very young when you had your children. You had to go through a lot yourself mm-hmm. to try to figure out who you were. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that that goes back to some of your own upbringing and some of the things that you were dealing with from your own past. Mm-hmm. So talk to me a little bit about that and what mm-hmm. you had to do. I, I talked about earlier about healing. Yes. But going through a process for yourself to be able to look at your past and be able to understand where that past had led you to that point and what you had to do to be able to move forward as a man, as a father, and be that better individual for your daughters. Yeah, so it's wild because at age 40, I took some personal development classes as I was transitioning out of the military and and at that level of life is over and suicide and, and things like that. And when I took those courses, one of the things I discovered was my relationships to my own parents. And when I looked at my relationship to my mother, I saw that my life had turned out almost parallel to exactly how her life was because uh, we, my, me and my sisters, we all have different fathers. So she has three kids and we all have different fathers. And even the relationship dynamics of how they came about is almost similar to my mom's. And so when I looked back and started doing research, you know, the male child is hardwired to that mother and the, and the daughters are hardwired to that father. So I was able to go back and heal that relationship with my mother because I had some abandonment issues with my mom. You know, I had these things that, you know, that I went through with my childhood with my mom, making up stories that just wasn't the truth. They were my truth. But, you know, in those silent emotional traumas, you know, they thwart our experience of ourselves and then our parents. Those are the two most important people in our life. And so by going back to heal that relationship with my parents and then looking at myself 
and taking responsibility 100% with no fault or blame to how my life turned out, I was able to go back to my daughters because now they're in their 20s. They were in their early 20s. I was able to go back and start to do that same healing process with them. So I've been on this healing transition for 10, almost 11 years now, going back and forth with my parents, myself, and my children. And it has improved. I mean, I've been transformed because now I get it of what I was dealing with as a teenager with my own parents and then communicating that to my daughters. And so what that did was I, I no longer criticized my parents for the life that I had and when I shared authentically with my daughters of what I was dealing with when I was when they were born, they were like, oh, my gosh. And then they could look in their life in their 20s now and be like, man, dad, thank you. Like you really had a lot going on. And now I could see why you wasn't there, because I was treating my daughters the same way my dad treated me. He wasn't around. So I figured I'll deal with it when they get older. Like, I, I know my dad wasn't there. So it was like this whole emotional experience that I also reflected onto my own children thinking that, well, that's how parents, that's, that's how you do it. And to understand that. And then the last piece that I got was at 23, when I heard that lady talk about how she didn't want to date guys with children, uh, a group of women in this program said, Farhan, she didn't represent all women. That was just one woman. And she has a right to have that belief or feeling but if a woman doesn't accept you because you have children, that's her loss. And at 40 years old, I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and so then I began, was able to start to be proud of my children and start to talk about my children freely. And it felt so great to be able to express to people that I have daughters and they're these ages. And yes, they're eight months apart and I love them. And I, you know, and, and so it all changed at 40. But from 23, 22 to 40, man, you, I was, it was an emotional roller coaster of my experience. I can only imagine being a fly on the wall when you're having those conversations, being vulnerable with your daughters to either one, see eye rolls, like what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> or two, a sense of relief in your daughters that you're finally talking about these things. And I don't know which one was the case or if either were the case, but men are not always the best at being vulnerable. And to be able to do that after all of those years and going to your daughters then and saying, here's who I am and I'm sorry, or here's who I am and this is the relationship that I want to have with you is powerful. And it's definitely something that not every father is going to be willing to do, but I think you're, you're proof that if you're willing to do it, things can change. Yeah, you got to be willing to do the work and you have to be willing to be responsible for your actions and with and with again with no fault or blame. And so by healing my relationship with my parents allowed me to heal my own mind because I realized that the stuff that I made up about myself wasn't even true. And being okay with Farhan and discovering who Farhan was and is today and who I want to be I get to now be that dad and, and listen and, and engage. And I'm still doing damage control. So it's not over. It's probably going to be a lifelong journey. But at, at least I'm able to have that relationship with them and, and how they want to have it. And the three of them get together 
on their own now. So it is a mission accomplished. And, you know, I had to do a lot of damage control to have that to happen. Well, that's great to hear because, you know, when you have children from multiple mothers, you know, I'm sure that it's difficult to do that, especially to help them to have those relationships and then to maintain those relationships, seeing each other as others, as sisters and being able to have a strong bond that will help them in the future. I mean, that's important. It's so important as we raise our children, but especially when you're having to deal with other dynamics, other adult dynamics that kids don't always understand, but having to to deal with those can get in the way. And it sounds like through that healing, you were definitely able to do just that. And, and, you know, one thing also was I, I wasn't a bad guy, it was, you know, I had just I made some bad some bad uh, decisions or, or I didn't understand the consequences. And and the, my daughter's moms, you know, we don't fight. There was never any drama or anything like that. It was really me in the center of that had to figure out who I was going to be as a man, even before a father. So all of that had to, you know, play out. I look back now at 51 and I'm, I have a, a grandson who's two years old by Deja, my youngest my middle daughter, Brittany, is pregnant, so I'm about to be a grandfather to her granddaughter. So, like I said, everything is great today, and being able to be okay with how that journey went along and then find the words to share that, because it, it is, to me, a testimony of the transition and the transformation and the healing process that a lot of fathers don't get to discover And if I could be authentic with my shares and have fathers look in their life and see where we had a part in that relationship not working at no fault to anyone, even to ourselves, but checking our behavior. And and that's what I that's why I was I asked to be on your show, because I've never shared this story publicly anywhere to the extent that we have done. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that because I want fathers to understand that, you know, relationships may not work but you still have the ability to be responsible for your child and, and be 100% responsible for how that relationship you know, works out with the parents or parent. Well, I'm really happy that you were willing to come on and tell your story because as I said at the very beginning, Farhan, I mean, it is so important that all of us learn from each other because all of our experiences are different. But what we learn along the way is so transferable. And all of us can learn from each other, no matter what the situation our lives have brought to us, because from every father's journey, every other father can learn something and either incorporate it or choose not to. And that is perfectly fine. But it's important to tell your story because men are not always the best at sharing and talking and being willing to share the intimate parts of who they are. And... That's to the detriment of men. And the reason I say that is, I mean, any research that you show shows the issues with mental health in regards to men today. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that really goes down to a lack of willingness to be vulnerable, a lack of willingness to communicate with others, a lack of willingness to build community with others. All of those type of things, when men isolate themselves and bottle it all up, it's not going to go well. And, you know, when you say men, right, we have to, again, go back down in that history of that man, because these emotional, these silent traumas, these emotional reasonings start way at our childhood. 
you know, the the brain of a five year old, a lot of parents discount because oh he's five she's five they don't they don't understand what's going on best believe that that child is absorbing all the information around and the non-information that you're putting out because that child will walk away and make up their own story in their mind and then their story becomes the truth if we don't take the time to share authentically you know if the relationship is has failed because some that's why they say some children blame themselves of why relationships failed. And that decision that the child makes about who they are as a person gets played out in their adult life. So as a man, you have to be able to go back, and for me, to the first two most important relationships with your parents. And if the parents, if that communication is broken, best believe if you don't resolve that in your own heart, your subconscious mind, we will play those actions out to protect ourselves, to not be vulnerable, to not communicate. Like those are the dialogue skills that I believe is missing that needs to be shared. And how else can we do that by being honest with you know where we are in life and having discussions to to not tell people what to do, but at least look in their own life for those versions of those stories and start their own intrapersonal relationship healing because that is that's like most important is, is how you view yourself first and then how you're going to communicate with people in your life, male or females. Well, Ferran, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. I encourage you to keep telling that story. I know that you have a lot of different places that you're talking to individuals and that your voice is being heard in, in a number of different ways. And I think this story is a powerful one and definitely one that should be shared that can help heal others. So I just encourage you to keep sharing and not be afraid to tell that story further to other fathers because I think it will help. Now, we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our Fatherhood Five, where I ask you five more questions to delve deeper into you as a dad. Are you ready? (laughs) Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, in one word, what is fatherhood? Listening. Now, when was the time that you finally felt that you succeeded at being a father to a daughter? When I heard all three of them. (laughs) Now, if I was to ask your kids, how would they describe you as a dad? Funny, yet serious. (laughs) Now, who inspires you to be a better dad? My stepfathers and my grandfather and my dad who has passed away. I had some men in my life that helped get me to that point. So there's not there's not one. There's a few. It's always good to have many mentors in your life that will help you do this, that. Now, you've talked about a lot of different things that I think every father can learn and to grow from. But as we finish up today, what advice would you give to other dads? Again, there's a song called Cats in the Cradle. And that song for me described my relationship with my father and a little bit with my mother. So I would suggest or I would say reflect on your life as a child growing up with your parents And then ask your parents if they're still alive questions about their childhood. And even if your grandparents are alive, talk to your grandparents. And when you do that, some of the things that we criticize or we don't like about our parents will slowly disappear because you'll have a level of compassion when you hear how they grew up in their times and what they had to go through. And that all of their concerns for you are really from a place of love. And once you see that in your own heart, you will then become a better father with your own children or the children that you want to have because you'll have that level of peace 
between you and your parents and then who you get to be for your children. Well, Farhan, I just want to say thank you again for being here today, for sharing your story. Now, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go to get more information? They can go to farhand.com. That has everything that I'm up to in life. And that will take you to a tab called Life of a, the series, which this story will be there under the life of a 23-year-old, the day that I walked away from God. Well, Farhan, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being here, for, for telling the story, as I said. But I wish you all the best and look forward to seeing how your story continues. Thank you so much for your time. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat. And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and muscle men, get out and be the world to them. Be the best dad you can be. Be the best dad you can be.